So with every tooth pod, you know, hopefully this will be the case with every like five tooth pods bought, you know, one goes to, you know, you send one to somebody who doesn't have clean water. Um, and so it's a really uh, creating a culture of let's help people around us. And not only that, I um, wanted to create a company and not a product. And the company itself would have that education sector where, you know, uh, you would go out um, into uh, countries that don't actually have clean oral, like good oral hygiene. And you would, you know, educate them on how to use their surroundings and the materials and ingredients they have that are natural, that are able to clean their teeth. Hey, Vishar, thank you for coming on the podcast. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank you for having me. Yeah, I mean, always uh, glad to have a fellow a UFT student uh, on, on the show. Uh, well, I'm an alum, but um, yeah, you, you are another uh, Lions Lair candidate uh, going through Innovation Factory. Uh, you just told me before we started, uh, you had your pitch yesterday. How, how do you feel? It was good. Honestly, I feel great. I think... Uh, we went in, did a recording. It was definitely a uh, nice to be in person again, um, you know, social distance, uh, but it was still physically nice to be able to present uh, the company and not on Zoom. It was great. Yeah. So the lines there, it's like a tournament style pitch, a pitch battle. Yeah. All right. And um, so you, uh, you, you're from the medical side. Um, are any of the companies, um, uh, medical companies, like how, how's that competition bracket looking for you? Uh, honestly, so the teams are like, they have a different variety of teams where some are in different stages, some are completely technology, some are, you know, uh, in, related to cooking, related to, it's just various different companies. And so there are a few um, that are in the health sector. I don't think any of them are a medical device, not that I know of. I, um, you know, we don't really get to like meet the teams in person either, or like see all of them present just cause there's so many that they're divided into. But from what I've seen so far, it's not, uh, it, they seem to be on very different, uh, you know, ends of the spectrum to what they want to achieve and what they want to do. Yeah. So, um, yeah, let, let's, let's dive into in your company quicks. So you're into, uh, you're trying to solve oral hygiene, which is very important. Um, let, let's talk about, let's dive into that. Um, what, what got you to start quicks? I, uh, had an idea four years ago, I think, and I was just sitting at a different, I was at U university of Toronto volunteering at an accelerator session by one of their incubators. And, uh, I was actually just volunteering at it. And so someone came up to me and was like, you know, someone didn't show up. Do you want to like participate in this accelerator? And I was like, well, like, I don't know, like I have a party to go to, like, I don't know. Anyways, I ended up actually participating thankfully. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so we ended up actually winning a thousand dollars from that. And so that was where the idea was stemming from, where I was sitting down in a room being like, what kind of world problems do I want to solve today? Mm -hmm. And poverty was number one, but I couldn't get to that one in 24 hours. So mm -hmm. second best was, um, you know, one of the most preventable diseases, which is dental decay. And so to me, that was insane because I was like, I can actually do something about something that's, you know, 
uh, preventable. It's not impossible to do. It um, is doable in my capabilities. And so that's when we decided to, you know, it was me and like a couple of other people being like, how can we solve this problem? And it's like, what if it's like something in your mouth that like pops and cleans your whole mouth? And it that's kind of where the idea sparked. And then I took it, uh, took it to the incubators, um, then continued it. Uh, here we are today. <laughs> that, that's a that's a very different story than what we generally hear here. Um, yeah. What was the accelerator program that uh, you got involved with? Or it was U of T Hatchery Entrepreneurship. Uh, we're actually still a part of that program, and uh, they've supported us very well throughout our journey. That's really cool because, like, nothing like winning money that makes you feel like, okay, this idea has legs. Let's uh, let's work on it. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about about this about this. Um, uh, thing that pops in your mouth and uh, cleans your yeah. cleans your teeth. How does it how does it work? So essentially, uh, Quicks uh, itself is a company that strives to you know ensure everyone has a clean mouth everywhere, um, anywhere they are at any time, and so it you know does that by uh, creating a line of different products that actually are able to clean your teeth. And the product number one is uh, called Tooth Pods. Um, it's a tooth pod that, you know, is able to clean your mouth and, um, you know, help prevent cavities, um, in a sense that it is able to scrub away the bacteria on your teeth and remineralize your teeth. And so when you don't have, um, you know, when you're on the go, when you're in an airplane or, you know, when you just don't have time to brush your teeth, when you're tired, um, tooth pod is there to be an alternative to clean your mouth, Mm -hmm. um, and really, uh, you know, give you that feel good sensation of, okay, I have a clean mouth now. I'm ready to do and, you know, conquer the day. That's mm-hmm. kind of the goal of what Tooth Pot is and what it is. I love that. I mean, dental hygiene is so important because a lot of people, too many people ignore that and uh, we suffer the consequence. So is this like a, like a gum or something that you put in your mouth? Um, like, yeah. Describe so, the actual thing item for us. So it's a it's a chewable. Mm. Um, it's a natural chewable uh, that you chew in your mouth. That's the first line of product. And um, yeah, it, it it I wouldn't call it a gum. I would call it a smart chewable just because of the nature of what it is and the value that it brings. Um, but yeah, it's very similar to that chewing and like that texture that you feel in your mouth. Um, that's kind of what it looks like and what it feels. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of reminded and I don't, I don't make the, I want to make the analogy here, but uh, of like, you know, the chewables meant for like dogs, right? Like for pets. Um, you know, that's one of the, one of the greatest ways to get them to have, um, clean teeth and, and reduce odor. Um, was it an idea that inspired from there or uh, was it like any kind of, uh, a connection there? Um, definitely. The story I told you about how it was inspired, that's exactly how it was inspired. It was like us sitting in a chair being like, yo, (laughs) what if? (laughs) Um, But we were also put in that environment, you know, to be able to think about that idea. It wasn't like you were just sitting around like and it came came to us. It was like we were actively thinking about ways to solve different problems. Um, And that definitely did come afterwards where someone was like, I would use that for my cat. And I'm Mm -hmm. like wait a second. Uh, but you know, that already exists within the market, but mm. yeah, the act of chewing itself is actually, uh, very good for you because, um, it's able to, you know, um, create the action of the action itself, um, is able to improve your oral hygiene as well. 
Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, uh, you're currently still a student. Uh, you're still a student at UFD. Um, you, you know, uh, what are your undergrad again? Where, what do you, um, I double major in health studies and global health and I minor in psychology. Perfect. So, you know, while you're pursuing your undergrad and running a startup at the same time, what, what kind of challenges are you facing? Do you feel like your time is taxed or do you feel like it's, you're building a company that you want to eventually work for, or you're gaining valuable experiences in a, in a different realm. Um, how, how are you finding the journey? I personally uh, love it. It mm-hmm. is definitely the time itself is very, very, uh, you like, you have to know how to manage your time or you kind of get screwed being a student and, you know, a CEO because you are constantly, you know, working full time for a company and you're like, well, like you're trying to get something off the ground, but you're also a full time student. You know, you have papers to write, you have exams to do. And so it definitely was a challenge to begin with. But once you really get the hang of it of like, these are specific times I'm going to associate for studying. These are specific times I'm going to associate for um, what the company needs and um, balancing that time. Uh, then it becomes less of a challenge. It definitely is a lot of obstacles, but it also provides you with a lot of opportunities to be a student as well. Um, not only in the funding world, but also in the world of uh, professors, uh, supervisors, and all the different types of help and resources that you're able to gain. Uh, I personally lucked out because I was at the University of Toronto with countless amount of resources and countless amount of like professors who are doing tons of research. Mm-hmm. Um you know, which really helps me out in where, wh- how I run the company and what I do. I probably would not be here today without the help of the various different professors um, that I've gotten help from. And that all came from being a student. Um, and so my education definitely really helped drive my company forward, even though they are not really related. It is definitely in the realm of, well, I know I want to help people. Um, and how can I do that in real life experience? So my degree is health studies and that is to help people, right? It is to be able to understand healthcare and understand how, um, you know, globally you can make the world a better place. And this pandemic, um, my degree came to life, uh, and it was really nice to know, um, the different ways to help people through what you're doing, which myself is the company. So I kind of integrate my education with the things I do on a regular basis and make sure that the way the company is run, um, you know, its goals and values are also um, in place. Yeah. So it, it's so interesting to see more and more students pursue startups or innovation, right? Like it's it's, like, it's something becoming, uh, it's like almost like starting a club on campus or doing something yeah. different, like, you know, like, you know, like more like activism. Um, you know, I feel like higher ed is like, is going through this kind of pivotal change where like the, the main value cha- value isn't just, um, you know, your degree, the value of a degree is, is, is going down actually, right? You know, a lot of, a lot of major firms don't even actually look at uh, if you, if you want a, uh, if you have a university degree and in this kind of process, universities are becoming more like a giant incubator than themselves for ideas. They've always been. But now innovation is becoming more and more at the forefront of like, hey, how can we get these really smart individuals that all congregate in the same place, have access to all these facilities, come up with great ideas, but then also help commercialize it. 
Um, how is how is the culture around uh, around innovation um, at, at UFD now? Because uh, are, are more people coming into this? Are people coming to you be like, hey, how does it feel like to be a startup? Well, I've definitely given tons of different presentations and uh, have been a guest speaker on various different platforms. So, you know, people are definitely starting to care more because, you know, they're reaching out to people who already have companies to be able to inspire others to do the same. And so the culture is definitely shifted to, um, you know, well, like we want to help companies and we're going to take a little bit of their company, yada, yada, yada. It's more now we want to drive students to, you know, be motivated and passionate about what they want to do and the problems they want to solve. And, you know, at U of T, we have over like seven incubators and each of these incubators are incredible. And the amount of help and support that they provide, the office spaces, the uh, mentors, supervisors, legals, um, it's absolutely astonishing how much a university is putting in for students to be able to really accomplish what they want to accomplish. And mm-hmm. Uh, you know, drive their ideas forward and not walk out of university with, you know, just a degree, but rather a degree and an incredible experience of their chosen problem to solve. And so I personally thrive in this very specific environment because, you know, people motivate each other constantly, um, you know, and the community is growing, like you said, and it's huge, the amount of students who create their own startups and, you know, are like, I'll bump into someone randomly on campus and I'll be like, oh, like, I don't know, like, what are you up to today? And like, they'll be like, yeah, I don't like I'm filing a patent today. And it's like, okay, cool. Like, you know, you're not alone. Like there's tons of people who are doing what you're doing. There's tons of people who um, are in the startup space because Mm -hmm. people have started to realize that um, I I personally value education and I will always uh, like I I put it at the front very much so because education is what really drives um, certain things. Um, and a lot of employers might not look at that, but um, it the space itself is creating various different opportunities. And so, you know, you walk away with a degree as well as um, a fabulous experience, <laughs> which is great. And, you know, a possible company that... Um, can be part of your future career um, and what you want to do and uh, how you want to run your life, which is really high in value to me personally. Yeah. I mean, let's talk a little bit about that experience uh, because last year and a half, almost two years now, everything's mm-hmm. in virtual because of the pandemic. Yeah. How, how has that shifted um, your university experience and running a startup and you know, gathering ideas? Well, the pandemic has been hard on everybody, I assume. Um, and I definitely like there's there's definitely struggles um, for small startups because uh, funding opportunities and, uh, you know, various different um, constraints uh, that you have in terms of, well, now people wear masks, now people social distance. Now, is this technology going to be useful? People travel less. Is this technology going to be useful for this specific market? And so startup specifically, um, there's definitely struggles within that, which makes it hard. But the journey itself has not uh, changed so much for our company. Um, you know, we still meet every day virtually. We have virtual offices now. So it's not that bad to, you know, still be able to somehow interact with the 
resources that were given. And like I said, the incubators, um, you know, they come up with these amazing ideas on how to stay connected um, and how to really drive forward your ideas, even in a pandemic. Um, I wish I could show you guys. It It's so cool, the virtual office we have. Like you can like walk with your little like mini like person and like sit down in the office and like, you know, get to see other people's like, it's like, a, I don't know, it's as real as it gets, you know, like in a pandemic, it's as real as it gets. And so, um, you know, are you, are you talking about like a virtual environment, like virtual space? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a, it's like a virtual office. Like you walk to your little desk. And who's, who's running this? Uh, this is just, there's tons of different programs that are like this, but the incubators introduce them. Mm. Um, and they're like, well, this is good. You know, it's a good, good thing to use. Um, and so, you know, that's definitely made some, some things better and you're able to connect, you're able to still do the research, research that you want to do. Um, our company's really heavy research based. So at the beginning when labs were closed because of COVID, nothing was going anywhere. We were doing tons of market research though, which was great, but, um, it definitely constrained in some ways, but, Mm -hmm. you know, right now everything, um, you know, is running back up. The labs are good. Um, you know, uh, offices are opening back up soon, so it's going to be, great now, but the pandemic was definitely tough to start with. Yeah, I mean, let's let's, let's talk about um, this resourcing because right now you're um, you're pre-product. Uh, we're at prototyping. Yes, prototyping. So um, let, let's talk about prototyping in this kind of space because you're talking about like hygiene, you're talking about health, you're, you're talking about creating a, uh, creating something that people are going to be chewing on, mm-hmm. and like ingesting. Uh, um, there's there's a lot of like nuances to that and making sure it's safe and making sure yeah. the right materials. How how are you how are you going about that? regulations. <laughs> um, it's, it's definitely, you have to do your due diligence to make sure what you're, you know, doing is safe. And because we're at the university of Toronto, uh, we're very much so capable of doing that because of the resources that we're presented with. If I was to, you know, not be at a university doing this on my own, um, it definitely would be really hard because, I wouldn't have access to people who have done this a thousand times. Like there's people on our advisory boards that have filed 60 patents and it's like, they've gone through the process of regulations. They've gone through the process of understanding what a product does and how, you know, the government, um, you know, reacts to these products and, you know, various different ways to navigate these legal systems. And so it becomes easy for us to understand the process and the research that we need to do. It gives us a pathway and it's like, okay, today we need to do this. Tomorrow we need to do this. In a month, we need to figure this out. And uh, in order to get these specific uh, safety measures, in order to reach those. Mm-hmm. And so it, that's how, you know, our company is run, right? Like we definitely plan ahead um, of exactly what needs to be done. Uh, tons of research before the work is started. You know, it's like doing your research and doing all this tons of things, asking for funding and then realizing, wait, I actually can't like sell this. Like, mm-hmm. yikes. Um, you know, watching the cl- types of claims that you can make, all, the, all these different things relate to the safety and uh, the safety and the research of the product. And so, you know, doing the due diligence and research beforehand is something that is incredibly important. As boring as it might be, it's incredibly important. 
And so, you know, we were able to get through that um, and, uh, you know, be prepared for what's to come. Yeah. I mean, what's really, um, really cool about, you know, the product and the space you're in is like, you know, 10 years ago, this is something that only like PNG or like some massive firm who has resources would, would, it would take on because like the nuance of that would be, so, you know, of a, of an adjustable product would be, you know, so intense, but now mm-hmm. here you are like a student led company taking on this enterprise and getting all the support and resources to do this. I mean, we're, we're going through this, like this radical change in like where, um, somebody called it a renaissance where like people are just creating, right? Like we call about the, we talk about the creator economy. I think, I believe like innovators are the ultimate creators because you're creating like exponential uh, returning products, aka uh, companies. But let's, let's speak on that, right? Like, um, right? Like, so you as a student and thinking about your future, right? With the startup and, and running it. How do you, how do you think about your future now? Now that you're a company in place, you're going through these experiences. Uh, do you feel like, you know, this is like, okay, a step. And then like, if anything goes wrong, you're going to go get a job or it's like, no, I gotta, I gotta keep driving this. I want, I want to be an innovator. I want to, I want, I want to be independent. It's definitely been interesting for me personally. I've been on this journey for four years, so I just, it's just, I can't give up. Like, it's just, that's just not an option for me. Like I just can't do it. And like, there's been times where I've wanted to, there's definitely been times where I'm like, man, having an office job is easy because someone tells you what to do. You go there at nine, you end at five, you go home and like, you don't have to worry about it until the next day. Being an entrepreneur, I don't know if everyone experiences this. I definitely do. Um, I like everywhere I go, everything I do, I'm constantly thinking about where my company's at, what it's doing. And like, I'll sit at a restaurant and I'll be like, oh my God, like tooth pods would be so good. Like, it's just like, it doesn't really leave your head, right? Because like, you're, you're an entrepreneur, you're building something by yourself on your own and it's yours, right? Mm. It's no one, no one else's and no one's responsibility, but yours. And so it is definitely been a long, long journey. And I, um, I just can't give up. Like, I just have to see it go somewhere. It can't not go somewhere because it is not the kind of person who I, like, I wouldn't, you know, leave it high and dry. I've had experiences where I've had to switch teams and I've had to, um, you know, do it by myself. Like there's been times at my company where it was just me. And if anyone is a sole co- sole founder, they will understand how hard and difficult that is. So, you know, wake up every morning and be like, okay, this is all on me now. Um, you know, you have to do due diligence and like a lot of stuff to drive a company forward and you're doing it all by yourself. But, you know, uh, you get through it because you look at an end goal and you're like, this is what I want to accomplish. This is the goal I have. And this is the kind of change that I want to make in the world. Mm -hmm. And if you have that in mind, it will be much easier to keep going um, because you're imagining the kind of change and the difference you're going to make within the world and uh, the impact it's going to have on hopefully millions of people. I specifically chose this, um, you know, idea because I needed it and wanted it to impact anybody that it could. Everybody has teeth. Mm-hmm. Everybody has teeth. Mm-hmm. And so, um, like I said, the first problem I wanted to solve was poverty. Um, 
And, you know, that is a huge problem to solve. And it's not like you can just solve it. It's very, very complicated. Mm -hmm. And so this was something I was capable of, you know, creating a change in. And this is why I probably will never give up until it's something. And I'm able to, you know, help as many people as I possibly can. And even if it's within oral hygiene, I'm not even in dentistry, but I somehow am capable of doing something in dentistry while being a student. Like you said, you know, back 10 years ago, only PNG would like pick this project up, but it's astonishing how much resources is in Canada. And I'm personally not from Canada. I immigrated to Canada when I was uh, 12. So it is definitely nice to see, you know, different countries have different resources that allow you to do this kind of work and allow you to be the change that you want to be within the world. Um, and it's really nice. Yeah. I mean, like a few years ago, um, you know, I spoke to an activist who just came back from a foreign, like a refugee camp, right. Where one of the main problems is oral health. And she was actually sent there, um, um, part of, um, I think Crest, the, the, the toothpaste company, they sent their, sent a whole bunch of volunteers to help with the, the hygiene problem. And, you know, the, her, her little thing was going around teaching people how to, you know, brush their teeth and you know, take care of their teeth. And my, the question I asked was, well, these people are in a refugee camp. Like, what were they doing before? You know, what was the uh, hygiene routines before? Did they have any indigenous uh, or, um, uh, you know, special, like, you know, cultural way of taking care of the teeth and stuff? And, and she stopped and uh, she had no answer. Like she was there for weeks and never thought, you know, never asked or tried to figure out what, what they're doing before that. And one of, the, one, of the, one of the core ideas that came out of that was like, you know, you're going to these displaced peoples, but being sent by uh, a massive company to go and, you know, push a product and get them used to a new type of uh, product. And it's like disaster capitalism, right? Where it's like, you know, something has happened and, and a push has happened. And, and you know, being, uh, being an immigrant myself, you know, there's these, there's these issues where like these big, uh, big kind of companies are kind of faceless, right? They see opportunity out of tragedy. And, you know, going back to, you know, your wish of like solving poverty and, and helping people with hygiene, um, how do you, how do you see this as like a, a methodology to do that? Like in the future? Well, at the beginning, I didn't know how I just knew that I needed to do whatever it takes to make something successful. So then it becomes, you know, a method for people to use. And so when I started it, I was like, okay. I want to do this and send like tooth pods to third world countries where they don't have clean water. And this might be a great way for them to do that. Mm -hmm. And then I, you know, grew, (laughs) I was like 18 years old when I started this company. Um, And so it is not realistic to do something like that unless you have funding and money. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, my goal was to be able to create a successful company and encourage others to be able to help with that. So with every tooth pod, you know, hopefully this will be the case with Mm -hmm. every like five tooth pods bought, you know, one goes to, you know, you send one Mm. to somebody who doesn't have clean water. Um, and so it's a really, uh, creating a culture of let's help people around us. And not only that, I, um, wanted to create a company and not a product and the company itself would have that education sector where, you know, uh, you would go out, um, into uh, countries that don't actually have clean oral, like good oral hygiene. And you would mm-hmm. 
you know, educate them on how to use their surroundings and the materials and ingredients they have that are natural, that are able to clean their teeth. And so it almost becomes, um, you know, mission trips on how to uh, educate people on how to do this by themselves on their own and, you know, really take care of their oral hygiene because uh, people really do suffer from this um, and it is not pretty. And we might not see it because we live in Canada or, you know, it's just not visible to us, but it is not pretty. And so it is really important for me uh, as a CEO and co-founder to do that uh, down the line as soon as, you know, I'm able to establish a market here um, and understand the product itself and how I can make it the best that it can be and send it out to various different uh, countries and, you know, create that culture, like I said. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of reminded of like Tom Shoes, right? Who's like start the trend of like social benefit causes or social benefit companies, where it's like every time you bought like a pair of Tom Shoes, like two or three were sent out to other nations. And that kind of like, you know, brought like the, the company to the forefront, right? Being a, being attached to the social cause uh, made it more appealing um, to their, to the, to the client customer base who wanted to just do more than just like, yeah, I want to have shoes, but you know, having like a benefit behind it, uh, that was really interesting. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like you choose that over something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's one of the key differentiators of the company. Um, have you heard of like, um, of um, oh, what are they called? I'm blanking on this now, but like, and I think it's getting popular in America, uh, not so much here, but it's like, uh, you can, you can, you can f- form a company as a social benefit company, as a social type of incorporation, right? right? Like a B Corp. Um, like, a, and, uh, I, I'm still trying to learn about the nuances of this, but part of that is like, you're in, in your, uh, incorporation documents, you state the benefit that you're going to have. And due to that, you get some kind of tax benefits and things like that. Um, so like this kind of, this kind of, this kind of like you know, type of organizations are becoming more and more, uh, more and more popular. Um, but you know, you spent the last four years developing the product and developing what this company's ethos and what it's going to be. What does, what does launch look like? Because you're going up against like major, major brands who have distribution. Um, have you ever, have you put in a thought about like how you're going to get your product out to the people? Well, big companies don't really care about new products coming out unless they are making a dent in the market that mm. they are selling in. Or maybe they do, but, you know, from my knowledge, unless you're making a dent in their market, it's not, you know, a big deal to them. So um, hopefully we will be doing that. But, you know, for launch specifically, I uh, it's definitely, there's always going to be someone who's going to do it. You know, mm. like there's always already someone who's doing it like if that's the mindset you kind of walk into your I don't know exactly what I would be able to accomplish at all because I would look everywhere and be like well that exists well that exists you know well there's someone else who's gonna do it but it's like no like you know there is but like you know get it together hustle and do what you need to do for what you're passionate about and so launch is gonna be you know we're gonna launch the product and it's gonna be launched to um, different distributions, different with different distribution channels, and you know, uh, working with different people, working with different partners, working with hopefully the bigger companies to make it a bigger product. Um, I don't think they're all evil. I think there's good ones, <laughs> um, 
And uh, yeah, I definitely think that it just depends on, you know, what specific market that we're choosing and what that branding looks like and where that launch is going to be based on those things. So if we're launching, you know, for campers, that's where we would be launching it to begin with before mm-hmm. you know, mass distribution to everybody because everybody has teeth, everybody can use this product. It's just who will put their money down on this and what problem does it solve most um, for specific personas. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I mean, to your point, I mean, I think I think uh, big companies are becoming more open to um, the radical disruption possible with working with smaller firms. Um, like companies like Coke, for example, are opening up their distribution lines and partnering up with smaller firms, saying yeah. like, "Hey, you produce a product, uh, we have the distribution, let's partner up and produce this." And there are like these specialized incubators now forming, uh, helping with this, like CPG brands like yourself. Um, uh, one we work with is Yspace uh, out of York, York. And another one, another, I think Canada's biggest one is um, Arlene Dickinson's from uh, Dragon's Den. She has one in Calgary. Um, um, I forget the name again. I'm, I'm blanking today. But um, they, what they specifically do is work with CPG companies and they partner up with like distribution chains and they help with the distribution side. So a lot of, a lot of these new companies are producing new drinks, new foods, new things, and then partnering up with bigger firms who take as a distribution. And I think it's, it's a win-win for everybody because now for a big company, you're not worrying about competing with big marketing budgets or trying to pay like, you know, Walmart a hundred K just to get shelving space. Um, you know, you, you're not, you're not radicalized anymore. You're not, you're not, um, pushed aside anymore because of access. And uh, big companies are opening up the supply chains. Uh, I think there's like a, a incubator slash like uh, slash um, like uh, what's it food factory that opened up in Toronto. That uh, where it's like you as an independent cook or chef can come in and make a product, and it's like a, it's like a bakery. It used to be a former industrial bakery, but like yeah. now it's like a bunch of small, small kitchens and you will come and produce your products and the, 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 the entire organization will take your product and then create a product out of it and ship it out. Yeah. And there's all these types of like these, uh, these, uh, these ways to like, I think the, the, the demands of consumption, like, uh, you know, we want new things all the time and uh, bigger firms have figured out that, you know what? If we can use uh, the, the 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 innovative capital of smaller firms who are kind of new things, and we pair up with them, we can test different things in the product chain, and uh, <laughs> yeah, make that money, right? That brand. Hmm. Cool. So, Vishal, um, man, uh, this has been really great. Um, you know, you just you just did the dry, uh, the lines layer pitch. Uh, I believe it's end of September. It's going to be the finalize uh, finalization of that competition. Long to wait. What was that? It's so long to wait. It's so long to wait. Yeah, I think it's September 23rd. September 23rd. Cool. So, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you've been doing this for four years. Are you graduating soon? What's What's next for you? Are you going to take this company to the next level after graduation? Actually, just, uh, yes. The answer is yes to that <laughs> question. I'm not, like I said, I don't think I'm giving up anytime soon. I did not work all the way here to give up and leave it high and dry. Of course. Um Sometimes it's healthy to give up things, but um, we're not there. And, you know, it's been a good ride and a good experience for me so far. Um, even the bad ones has been a good experience. And so uh, hopefully when I graduate in a year, I will be, you know, continuing this uh, full time, get it somewhere and uh, see where it goes. I um, definitely want it 
see tooth pods in lots of people's like keychains and pockets. So <laughs> I uh, I have that vision. I want to see it there. And until I see it, and until you know it reaches a mass population and it's mm. helped enough people, which is going to be never. You can never help enough, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And so yeah, see where it goes after that. I love the grit. Um, definitely ping us when the tooth pods are ready. I'd love to try it myself and uh, love to have you come back. I'll buy a pack of tooth pods when they come up. Absolutely. Um, perfect. Bashar, this has been great. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, thank you for everyone who tuned in. Thank you so much.